Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, hey, Waffle Gang, I do hope you are well. My name is Mark, and today we're checking out some more relationship stories, although it's crossed with a little bit of malicious compliance as well. And if you do love a Reddit story, why not consider hitting that like, that subscribe, maybe that notification bell too. And let's crack on with today's first story. And this first story, as I said, is from malicious compliance from Boy in Black 13X, who says, Ex-husband ghosts ex-wife, racks up a huge bill. He clearly didn't think things through. My compliance was malicious for the ex-husband. I'm working in the billing queue in a call center for one of the big three telcos. And a client calls in regarding a billing concern. This lady calls in is puzzled by why she got charged a one-time fee, $49 for a wireless access point. It's gen one equipment for wireless set-top boxes for optic TV. She's even more puzzled. Why would she have that charge when she doesn't have TV services from us? And I inform her she does. It started more or less than a month ago. She's disputing that because Optic TV isn't available in her area. Now I'm confused. She lives in a small town and there's no Optic TV there. I do a little digging and find out that someone, no ex-husband, was still on her account and got three-year contract to get a free TV for Optic TV and internet. She begins to cry on the phone and tells me how her ex-husband had an affair with a younger woman, divorced her, milked her for as much as he could, and apparently is still milking her for more. He totally ghosted her. Moved to Alberta, changed his email, phone number, blocked her on all social media, etc. In my mind, I'm like, what a dickhead. And I'm like, well, I'm sorry if you cancel the services, you're on the hook to pay for cancellation fees and so on. I can tell her though, I can remove his access to your account and you can also add on a password, downgrade the internet and TV to the bare essentials and I can attempt to redirect the TV gift from his address to hers, but there's no guarantee it's been processed already. I can hear the light going off in her head. Wait, what? You have where he's living at now? Why yes, he's got a TV and internet services, so there's a service address. She goes really quiet. Says her lawyer and herself have been trying to track him down, but his family and friends are being tight-lipped about it. She asks if I'm allowed to give her that info. I smile and reply, this is your account. You have unrestricted access for service addresses. For service address, phone numbers, emails that your husband provided to us to get hooked up. She asks that can I give her this new address, his new cell phone, and the second number left on the account, presumably the new woman, and contact info over the phone right now. I asked if she had a pen and paper handy. She was so ecstatic, and after giving her all the details from her account regarding the second service address, downgrade everything, and he was a hockey fan, and there was a game playing right now with his team, so I wish I could have been on the floor on the wall when the game cuts out, and he calls in to ask his wife what the fuck, and discovers he's been removed. And there's an account pin, and he's been discovered by his ex-wife and lawyer. And CC Scan comes straight in with a comment on that one who says, an all for the low price of $49. That's spectacular. And I'm delighted for her. <laughs> I think we're all delighted for her at this moment in time. 
And it's like OP said in that one, imagine being a fly on the wall in that situation. He sat there watching his favorite hockey game and suddenly goes off. (laughs) And I've got a story. (laughs) Bear with me, guys. Use the timestamps if you want to, by the way, that I'm not sure if it falls into malicious compliance or not. I think it would fall into malicious compliance in the fact that, you know, the caller was asking too much questions, so they got what they deserved in the end. (laughs) But a few years back, like one of my very first jobs, I worked as like a, a warehouseman in, in this company that sort of done, they done insurance for furniture in, in one part. So, you know, where I worked, all the new furniture would come in that gets replaced, all the new cushion covers that came in gets replaced and then they get sent out to the customer to replace anything that's damaged on, because obviously they're covered by the insurance. But I always remember when I joined this company, you have to go around the various departments. So you have to go into the call center to listen to a few of the phone calls to get a gist of what they go through and all that kind of thing. So it's just a day that was in there. And the one day I was there, this juicy phone call comes through. So I'm sat with this guy and, you know, he's going through the, I'm just listening in. I can't talk to the person or anything. I, I just got a headset on and listen to the phone call. And he does his usual greeting. I'm such and such from blah, blah company. How can I help you today? And then the customer goes off about about what the problem is. And they say, you know, I've I've damaged my furniture. Um, my, li- my new leather settee has got a rip in the cushion. Now, a lot of these insurance places are not, they're not covered with, with certain things. So you have to be careful what you say. So they're not covered by pet damage unless you pay for like a premium insurance or whatever. So the guy asks, he says, so how was the sofa damaged? The person replies saying, in some roundabout way, they said, oh, it's just it was just scratched. And the guy says, well, how was it scratched? Because there's different ways that we can deal with the damage. We may be able to send out a technician that can repair the damage, etc. And there was some more back and forth. And, you know, you could almost hear in the woman's voice when she was phoning up that she was worried to say what the what the problem was. And this probably went on about 10 minutes, her trying to find like different reasons how it was damaged, about how it was scratched and everything. And after this 10 minutes, the caller just gets absolutely fed up with being asked over and over again. And she goes, well, look... <laughs> I was whipping my husband last night and I missed and hit the sofa and it ripped it. I was just like, what the fuck? (laughs) Obviously, me and the guy next to each other just looked. I was wide-eyed. I was absolutely pissing myself at the time. He didn't know what to say because he's obviously on the call. And to be fair to him, afterwards, he kept a straight face and went through it. And they allowed the repairs. (laughs) The insurance covers whipping damage. (laughs) Who'd have thought it? You're not covered by pet scratching it, but hey, if you miss your husband's ass with a riding crop, you're covered. <laughs> Again, I don't know if that's considered malicious compliance. The guy did ask. He did push it more and more and he, he got what he wanted in the end, right? <laughs> anyway, I'm sorry. I've gone off my usual fluff and it probably wasn't that interesting in the end either, as I usually do. <laughs> anyway, let's find another story. The next story, we're staying on the malicious compliance subreddit as well, because I love a bit of this once in a while, but it's titled Ex-Husband Backed Out on His Agreement, ended up costing him so much more in the long run. My ex-husband and I had a great divorce. What? Even though he cheated on me after 12 years and two kids under four, I really wanted to do things differently than my parents did during their divorce. I never said anything negative about him and tried very hard to defend him when the kids got upset with him. I extended invitations to the woman he left me for so she would not feel uncomfortable with me and we became friends. She was basically their stepmom, so why not include her on everything? On holidays, we all had one big dinner. He and her and me and my boyfriend. This made everyone comfortable and the kids never had to choose one side or the other. 
as we're all on the same page. It was such a great relationship that when I had back surgery, I recovered at his house and she cooked for me. He and I were coaches for the kids' basketball and baseball teams and I helped at their wedding 13 years later. This was not easy for me as he moved to another state to raise her children, leaving me to raise ours on my own. She quit her job when they got together and I had to return to work to support my kids. And I needed to keep the resentment and bitterness away from my kids. All of this sets the tone for the divorce. But when he initially left, I spoke to a lawyer and got a separation agreement that was really great for me. He asked that I not take half of his retirement, but instead he would pay X in child support and additional Y in alimony because he was making a lot of money and I was a stay-at-home mum with a country club membership. Yuck. I hate saying that, but it was only to set the scene. Normally, alimony ends after five years, but because I didn't get half of the 401k, the only condition on ending it was it would end on my remarriage or my death. He agreed with all of it. The thing is, when he left me to move down to where she lived, he left his cushy job and took this promising but not delivering position that really screwed him financially. But he never went back to the lawyer to get the child support or alimony reduced. Instead, he borrowed from his mother. When I discovered he was mooching off of her, I suggested to her that she stop paying for him when he finally got back on his feet. She never would do that and continued paying for his life and her to be a stay-at-home mum, even co-signing for a second home for him when he finally moved back to raise his kids. Hers had graduated and lived in his old house. Ours were in high school. He did come to me and asked if I would accept regular child support and half the alimony. Then later, he was really earning money he would pick back up on the past due amount. Not wanting to make waves in an otherwise great divorce, I said yes and kept track each month of what was owed in a shared spreadsheet with him so we could see how far in debt he was getting each month. He ended up owing me a thousand a month for 10 years, but he said when the kids aged out of child support, he would continue to pay the same amount to make up for the alimony, which totaled $120,000. When my daughter aged out, he continued to pay the same amount, putting a small dent in what he owed for three years. Then as soon as my son aged out, I mean two weeks after he joined the Marines, he called me and told me there was no way he was going to continue paying for me for the next X years, and I could take him to court if I wanted, but there is no fucking way he would pay me another cent. This completely blew my mind, as we had such a fantastic relationship and it came out of nowhere. I was completely freaked out, but I took his advice. I contacted an attorney. I sent all his court to voicemail per my attorney's advice and took him to court. The best thing was, prior to the hearing, my attorney put a lien on both homes he had so he could not change ownership to his mom or wife prior to the court hearing. I still have the phone call recording when he realized this and the horrible names he called me for doing that. Since I had kept such immaculate records from that day, he changed payments as he was aware of his debt rising each month. It was a slam dunk for my attorney. Instead of making small payments for a few years, he had 30 days to pay me $120,000 in full. Unfortunately, the kids now have to choose which parent they visit on holidays, but that was not my fault. I was willing to continue as is and not put any strain on the family relationship. And for those who are wondering, yes, he did cheat on her two times before they got married. But she had quit her job when they got together because she had found a sugar daddy and had nothing to fall back on slash nowhere to go. So she stayed with him. Since we were friends, she shared this info with me as I would understand what she was going through. Edit one, I got my money on day 29. No other payments will be made. 
edit two. I think the reason he went crazy on me was his mother refused to pay any more when my son aged out, but I explained that he owed a shit ton in back pay. That's when he said, if you think I'm making payments to you forever, you are fucking nuts. She had been paying his child support for 10 years because he never went back to a great paying job, even though he could have. Yes, I went to work after separation and have a great career. My income is still a quarter of his when we were together because he moved every three years for his career. He wanted me to stay at home when the kids were born. Edit three, it is obvious that people do not understand that as a stay-at-home mum, I could not contribute to my retirement fund because I didn't have earned income, meaning no SS, 401k or IRA. So he maxed out his contributions so we could live comfortably in retirement. After 10 years of marriage, I was legally entitled to half of his retirement. Since he asked me not to take his half of his retirement, he offered alimony instead. Then he decided not to pay what he offered and leave me with less retirement funds than I would have had in either case, slim or half his retirement. This is why it was important for me to get what was due, not to live a cushy life, but for my retirement. Thanks for the awards and for the nasty DMs. I'm okay with you calling me horrible names because you don't matter to me at all. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombus, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombus. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. And this one's a bit of a different one. It's coming from a revenge subreddit from Crafty Bureaucrat who says, I orchestrated a vast conspiracy to get a coworker fired using a throwaway because the details are specific and hard to change. I used to work at a hospital data center in the network operations group. We physically sat in the room 24 seven next to the servers to make sure things didn't catch fire, monitored for alerts and did routine things like swap out tape backups, but it was pretty simple work. This was ostensibly a tech job, but there were people who had been there for many years, back when you had to change out printer paper and run a command from an IBM mainframe. It was on a really specialized hardware and software that was difficult to apply elsewhere. So it had become a dead end job. And because there were people who weren't tech savvy at all, really, we weren't given much responsibility. You can't tell some people they can log into a server and others not. So we were reduced to the lowest common denominator. We were a network operation center where nobody was allowed to interact with any network equipment. Lowest common denominator, you say? Meet my new supervisor, Karen. Not a real name, but definitely her real spirit. Had been there for over 20 years and got the job solely based on seniority. She was a sociopathic narcissist and one of the most unpleasant people I've ever encountered. Shortly after I was hired, we were bought by another hospital and combined data centers. Karen was demoted to shift lead and had to work with us in the 24-7 rotation. 
she was very bad at her job and had our responsibilities diminished to very little. We had no agency to fix any problems of our own because it had to be a problem that Karen could solve. And Karen was both lazy and stupid. After a couple of years, I was promoted. On my first day after they announced the promotion, she said, you will fail, just straight to my face. But she had a powerful tool at her disposal, the hospital bureaucracy. Since the place was unionized, the hospital had a just cause firing policy instead of an at will policy, even for non-unionized employees. This is, I think, generally a good thing, but on the edges, it sets up a ridiculous situation where it was impossible to lose your job unless you were really egregious about it with repeated violations or you showed up drunk and high. We had someone steal computer equipment. They kept their job. It was nuts. And Karen had been there for nearly 30 years, so she wasn't getting fired without a lot of work. That's okay. She was terrible at her job. One of the most important things about the job was monitoring for an alert that would pop up and there was a procedure we had to go through in order for some data to go through. If we didn't do this, then the nurse wouldn't get their lab results back. So in one case, an alert came in, Karen saw it, then decided to keep browsing the web. Because of this, a patient from the cardiac ICU was going into surgery and the doctors and nurses operating on the patient couldn't get a white blood cell count, I think. I'm not a doctor, I just work in the building with a lot of them. Something very dangerous for this patient, and the patient died. This still did not get Karen fired. The reasoning from HR, well, it didn't directly lead to harm. She didn't even feel bad about it, just a complete soulless sociopath. I'm real pro worker in general, but some jobs you just absolutely have to do. I was so mad, she had to go. I kept a paper trail of everything she messed up on. It wasn't nitpicky, literal life and death stuff here. Verbal warning, first written warning, second written warning, final written warning, termination. A slog and I'd rather spend my time doing anything else, but that's the way it went. Then she figured out she could work the system. As she approached work Armageddon, termination, she would tell HR she was being harassed. The person harassing her was different every time, which would trigger a mandatory investigation. The investigation took about six months. They wouldn't find anything and we would carry on. Except these warnings. They had a six month expiration so she could always reset the clock when it got close. Everyone was helpless. Even the CIO couldn't do anything about it because of the bureaucracy. Karen was a menace and the entire IT department had to interact with the data center staff and that meant interacting with her and she was universally disliked and she had 20 years until retirement and she would outlast the heat death of the universe. Then I had an idea. What if, under the guise of developing skills relevant to the 21st century, required everyone in the work in the network operations center to pass the NetPlus exam? It's not a difficult exam, but it's not trivially easy. I felt pretty sure that everyone on the team fell above the line between able to pass and not able to pass, except Karen. We would give everyone better titles, a significant pay raise and entrusted to do more with the equipment, which is something everyone desperately wanted. Then people could actually leave the hospital with transferable skills and do something else if they wanted and not feel trapped. I spent three years in meetings with HR, with my director, with the CIO, with HR again, job description meetings that took six hours to tweak small wording, hundreds of hours in meetings, red tape hell, absolute red tape hell. Do you have any idea what it takes to approve a significant raise in bureaucratic muck factory like that? But the raises were crucial because it would absolutely not be fair to ask this of them. 
pass a test or lose your job without a large carrot attached would lead to mutiny. And then it got approved. I also wrote the exam requirement into my own job description. It was important to still be able to do the job and not let my skills lapse just because I was promoted. Also, this meant I could cover for people when they were on vacation or sick. Plus, I also got that sweet, sweet pay bump. It went over well. I was nervous, but the plan made sense and I was able to communicate that. People would be more marketable. The job would be more interesting. And most importantly, they'd be making 20% more than they were before. And I think it really helped that I also gave myself the same requirement when I absolutely could have chosen not to. The hospital would pay for offsite training. They would still get paid for their full hourly during the training, including shift differential for second and third shifts. We paid for all the materials. I scheduled eight hours a week for people to go someplace quiet and study. The job itself had a ton of downtime so people could study, but this was formally carved out of time anyway. We paid for the exam and if they failed, we'd pay for the second attempt. We were given eight months to pass the test, so this is how it was for the eight months. I did not want Karen to have any excuse whatsoever and somehow convince HR that this process was rushed or unfair. Everyone passed on the first attempt except Karen. Karen did not pass the second or a third attempt, a bonus attempt. Karen being the classic narcissist thought this was somehow all about her. That this was a vast conspiracy engineered over multiple years and hundreds of hours just to get rid of her. And she would tell everyone with an earshot, that's what's going on. Yeah, okay, Karen. You realize how insane that sounds, right? Not everything is about you. Sheesh. Well, okay, in this case it is, but still. <laughs> I, only I and two other people know that. I remember the exact time and date we told her. She was in such deep denial that it could ever happen. She thought she was bulletproof. I don't think I will ever achieve anything more satisfying in my career. I'm not usually one to take satisfaction in seeing someone's livelihood go, but she was uniquely awful. She was a patient danger and it had been nearly a decade of working with her by this point and I was just sick and tired of her bullshit. I was a hero the day after she was fired. I went to the main office for a meeting and people were congratulating me like I just had a kid or won a marathon or something, even the CIO. They were just happy for me that I didn't have to supervise Karen anymore. But in my head canon, they were congratulating me for pulling off this elaborate plan. Morale back at the data center was also high. We learned interesting things. A couple of my coworkers left for better gigs elsewhere. The ones who were content staying were able to stay and we all had more money and job security. And because anything could set off a bullshit Karen harassment complaint, people were stressed out working with her. Her being gone was like a breath of fresh air. Newcomers were told stories of Karen and they seemed exaggerated. They were not. In order to solve a very important and extremely difficult problem, I pulled off a vast workplace conspiracy that improved the lives of people I worked with in addition to keeping our patients safe. Getting Karen fired is my greatest and most difficult accomplishment and I can't put it on my CV anywhere <laughs> that bit where he says like you know it's not all about you karen and then like yeah it really is <laughs> i absolutely love that one but what do you guys make of this story would love to know your thoughts down in the comments below now just a huge thank you for spending your time with me today getting involved in the stories your love support and time always means the absolute world to me so thank you for joining and hopefully i will see you in the next one and remember you are worth it and you are important much love guys take care now wake up get up stretch my 
Lays, eat some breakfast, milk and eggs. Brush my teeth up, wash my face. Throw my clothes on, start my day. Wake up, I can smell the smoke from the bacon. Let's go, see the sun shining from the windows. Okay, I know that's a damn. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 